So how many of you have had that exact feeling? That feeling that we heard about, that you're riding a wheel and sometimes you rise and sometimes you fall and then you rise again. We're going to talk about fear this morning. You know what is really scary for a minister? Not having a clue what you're going to talk about on Sunday. Because <laughs> here's how it works. I wait until I get an inspiration. Something comes. I don't know. It isn't like, oh, uh, we have these topics, Ariana. You should be able to plan all that way out. doesn't work that way at all. I wait. Something happens. I get a drop in. And then I start researching and figuring out. We're talking about understanding this month. Understanding in what? I don't have a clue. So all this week, I've had no clue. <laughs> this has been one of those weeks where it didn't come Monday, it didn't come Tuesday, or Wednesday, or Thursday. Friday, Jennifer wrote to me and said, what are you talking about on Sunday? <laughs> I don't know yet. I'm waiting. Can we please? <laughs> I need something. Clueless. Saturday, nothing. Saturday night, it started coming in but only because of what I did on Saturday. So I just want to share with you what I did yesterday. I want to share with you about fear and what happened for me yesterday. But before I do, I have to tell you a little bit about my life so that you understand why this is significant. I need to tell you that I grew up in a household with my dad is six foot seven and he's almost as broad in the shoulders and he's a big guy. And my dad can do anything. My dad played basketball. My dad was a referee. My dad coached all kinds of stuff. My dad could fix anything. He did some pretty amazing stuff when I was growing up. And I could always rely on him. And I grew up with three younger brothers who very much took after my father, were very able, very capable young men, are still very capable adults and take really good care of their families. And so I was the girl in the household. And even though I have two sisters, they didn't grow up in the same house as me. They grew up with their mom, and I grew up with my mom. And so in my house growing up, when it came to all things athletic, that wasn't what girls did. That was, just wasn't. Girls did whatever mom was doing. That's what I needed to do. And so I played basketball for a little while in about seventh or eighth grade, and it didn't last very long because my dad was a basketball coach and then a basketball referee, and he used to come to the games and scream at the coach. That didn't work very well, so I, I didn't do that. Um, I grew up thinking about what a girl had to do. So the reason I had Mark come up earlier is because my husband is about this tall and this broad in the shoulders, and he can do anything athletic, Right? Very capable man, takes care, can fix anything, and I have four boys. So one of the interesting things in life is if you don't resolve your issues here, they are going to come right back to you farther down the line and give you a chance to do it anyway. So I have this household full of boys who are capable and strong and just like their father, able to do all kinds of things. And one of their great points of humor is when I try to do anything athletic. This, is, this for them is a great opportunity to give me a hard time. Met with much love, but nonetheless, I have a history with, with the men in my life that my trying to be athletic 
is, you know, a point for fun. So this weekend I went kayaking. Yes, this, I'm feeling very powerful today. (laughs) But you have to know, I did not go kayaking with any of the men in my life. I went kayaking with several of the women from around here. And it was amazing. It was really amazing. I learned a lot about my fear because I was in kind of a safe environment. And one of the first things that I learned is if you're going to confront a fear, it's going to be important to consider who's around you. Not because anybody's out to get you, because there are lots of people who might want to support you, but your history is going to come into play. So if you have a fear that you're confronting, you have to consider who's going to surround you while you do that. We heard in our story about Walter the water buffalo today that the important thing was don't turn your back to the lions because they're going to jump on your back and, and bring you down. Turn toward the lion and keep the whole herd behind you because now you have might and force. The same is true when you confront a fear. Who is holding your back? Who's around you? So I had this amazing group of women who invited me to to go kayaking, and I've been thinking about it for a while. I cannot tell you how much of a challenge it was to say yes. I wanted to go, believe me, but my fears came up massively around this. So I agreed to go kayaking yesterday morning. And the first, bless you, the first um, point of order was to arrive at 6.20 so we could load the kayaks, which meant I was going to get up at 5.30. So at 5.30 in the morning, I would wake up and I would have time for coffee and time to think about getting everything I needed and time to get my head together before I left. Well, my alarm went, did not go off at all. And I woke up at 6 (laughs) o'clock. Right. So I rushed to grab everything, ran through the shower and got out the door. And I had the address where I was supposed to arrive, a place I've only been one time, quite some time ago, almost a year ago, actually. And the night before, I had been thinking, oh, I should probably print out a map. No, I'll just ask Siri in the morning. Siri will tell me how to get there, no problem. So on my way out the door, I unplugged my cell phone from the charger and stuck it in my pocket, and I got five or six blocks away from my house and pulled out the phone so that I could put the address in, and any of you who have an iPhone will appreciate that it, I clicked Siri, and the little round circle in the middle went round and round and round, and it went completely black. <laughs> so what that means is, Nah, not today. It's not happening. No energy, no charge. So somehow when I put my phone on the charger, it didn't plug all the way in. My phone was completely dead. <laughs> and I thought, okay, this is, this is it. This is the second thing that's gone wrong. Maybe I'm not supposed to go kayaking today. And for just this long, I considered, should I go back home? I could use Mark's phone and I could call and say, you know, I got up late. My phone didn't work. I don't know where I'm going. You guys go without me. But I didn't. I said, certainly I can find it. And I kept driving down Uinta. And as I was driving, I was thinking to myself, how am I going to get there? How long am I going to be driving around while they're all wondering where I am? How late am I going to make them? And you have to know, this great fear for me is 
I'm going to inconvenience people. They're not going to be able to do what they want to do because I can't keep up with them. I can't do what everybody else can do. So I'm driving down the road and I hear, like you said it in my ear, turn on El Paso. That's exactly what I said, Jane. Whoa. (laughs) Okay. And as I was driving, I passed Corona and I thought, huh, maybe it's Corona. And I heard, you know, it's El Paso. I just told you. Turn on El Paso. (laughs) So I turned on El Paso. And from right there, I knew exactly where I was going. She had given me a landmark for her yard. It was just that easy. So if you're facing fear, besides thinking about who you're facing it with, you really have to consider how faith plays into this. Do you believe that you're guided? Do you have evidence enough in your life that you're guided that when your guidance comes in, you're willing to take it? You're willing to trust it? Because that's what we work together here for, isn't it? That we can have faith that we're part of something greater and that in that in that connectedness, what we need will come to us. And in that moment, what I needed came completely. So I arrived at the house and helped my friend load the kayaks. Well, everyone she has ever kayaked with has been her height. They're just a little higher, and I'm much taller than her. So loading the kayaks was easy, right? I could lift it right up you know, together, no problem. In fact, she told me how much easier it was with me there, (laughs) right? (laughs) This goes back to who is helping you face your fear. And can you hear the things that the universe gives you as you go along that help you to understand what you're capable of, that you have something to contribute? So we got in the car, We met other friends who guided us up the road, up Pikes Peak Road. We went up to Catamount Lake, um, and it's a series of three lakes up on Pikes Peak. So you have to go up Pikes Peak Highway, and we went up the highway, and at 7.30 is when the gate opens to go up Pikes Peak, and so it wasn't open yet, so we had to stop in a line full of people. And our friends came back and came to the window. Now, you have to understand that my fear on the way up here is... I'm not going to be able to get in this kayak because Mark and I took the boys when they were very little out to 11 Mile Lake. We took them with Derek and Julie Reed and Julie went and did some kayaking and then she came back and she left this little kayak so that Mark could put the kids in it so they could play. And so he was having a hard time with them. They were rocking the boat quite a bit and keeping it stable and that's my only experience with kayaking. So I was pretty sure... I was not going to be able to get in this boat. I was going to fall out. And I was panicked because I hate to feel embarrassed. I absolutely hate it. And I just knew I'm going to get there, try and get in this boat, and I'm going to fall in the water. That's going to be, I'm going to be so embarrassed. So we get there, we get through the gate. Uh, these sweet people are talking to us before the gate is open. I'm sitting in the car having a conversation and inside everything is just in a knot because I'm already worried that I'm going to get there and I'm going to fall in. So they open the gate. We go all the way through. We're having this nice conversation. We pass the first lake. Oh, that's pretty. It's small. Beautiful. Then we pass the second lake. That's a little bit bigger. Kind of nice. And we finally got to the third lake. 
So there's something in this message, isn't there, about not stopping along the way, remembering where you're going. No matter how beautiful these things are that you pass, that if you're confronting your fear and you've set a particular goal, you have to stay on the road till you get to that goal. You have to stay there and, and stay with your fear. And I'm telling you, there were many opportunities here for me to say, you know, not so much. I don't think I need to face this fear at all. So we got to the, to the lake and we unloaded the, the um, kayaks on the side of the road. And when you want to go to this lake, you have to walk around a cement barrier and straight down this sandy, rocky edge to the water. And so now I'm afraid I'm going to fall. <laughs> we have to carry these two boats down to the water and I'm going to fall going down this edge. I just know I am. And my partner picked up the other end and we took two of them and we walked and she said, oh, watch out. There's a ravine here. Be careful. Watch for this. We got all the way down completely successfully with no problem. And I, I thought to myself afterward, how much energy did I spend worrying about whether I was going to get where I was going? How much before I ever got to the water? So now here we are at the edge, water's edge at the most crucial, scariest time for me because I have to get in the boat now. And she says, go ahead and get in and I'll help you. And so she adjusted the foot pieces. How many of you have been kayaking before? Okay, so if I use the wrong terminology, it's because I'm a novice here. So there's these little foot pieces that give you leverage. She adjusted those for me and made sure I was all snug and fit in. And, and she said, just stay there. I'm going to push you in. All that worry. Just stay there. I'm going to push you in. I, instead of going, oh, yay, I'm not going to fall in the water. In my head, I think, there's no way she can push me. She is a little teeny person, <laughs> teeny tiny person. There is no way this is going to be the most embarrassing moment of my life. There's no way she can push me. She leans over in right in the water, like nothing, <laughs> you know, right in the water. So here I am again, all of this worry all the way along. Instead of being able to think about the fact that there could be a different possibility, that things could happen differently than I expected them to. Something else is possible if I allow myself to just trust everything I needed yesterday was taken care of, everything. And I was afraid. So I got in the water and felt the rock a little bit, felt how the boat moves, and I had this cool tool. I've never played with one of these before. But it's really this awesome thing. You can do all kinds of stuff with this paddle. So my teacher was showing me how to use this thing. Now, if you've never used a kayak paddle before, you probably think that you're going to pull with this, right? Doesn't that make sense that you would pull yourself through the water? Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm going to pull myself through the water. So to pull yourself through the water, you, you know, keep your arms, arms kind of close and pull back, right? I don't want to whack you in the head down there with this thing. So she suggested to me that instead of pulling, I push on the other side. So 
you're pushing here and pushing here and pushing here. Completely different activity. For one thing, it makes you move your arms out and you get the full strength of your arms. For another thing, as you're going, you're still pulling a little bit, but you're pushing at the same time. So now you have two arms moving together, which means you're integrating both the left and right side of your brain. And it also means that you have two arms worth of strength to do this with. You can do something different than what you think with your fear. There are ways to do things differently than you never, that you never even thought of if you have a teacher. So it's not just the people that are behind you if you're afraid of something. It's who's teaching you. Do you have a teacher around that you can rely on who might know something you don't know, who can help you figure out how to do this? So she taught me about this. And I had great fun with it. For a long time, I played with this. How deep do I need to go to make my boat go faster? Well, the deeper you go, the harder it is. (laughs) That's a lot of water to move. How hard do you make it when you're afraid of something? How hard does it have to be for you to get through what you're afraid of? Or are you willing to do it in an easier way? If you dip the paddles on the surface of the water and don't go so deep, it's much, much easier and you go faster and it doesn't hurt you. So it would happen that I would lose track of what I was doing and pretty soon find out that I was pulling again and I'd have to start again and think, okay, push, push, don't pull, push. So there is this thing that we have in our brain that's called reticular, the reticular activation system. What a fancy name. It's called the reticular activation system. And the reticular activation system is a real thing. It's not a metaphysical woo-woo, oh my God, where did that come from idea. It's a real thing we have. The reticular activation system does this. When you tell it something, it communicates from your, subcon- from your conscious mind back to your subconscious mind to look for anything that says this is what's happening. So while I was paddling, I was thinking to myself, I'm going to hone my skill. I'm going to learn how to do this. This is something I can learn how to do. And as I was thinking of it, my RAS or reticular activation system was looking for evidence of that. So I was aware that I was moving through the water well, that I could feel the rhythm, that I was starting to build new neural pathways for this motion, that my body was comfortable, that I could find a little leverage in those pedals. But I could have done just the opposite. I could have said, I'm not capable of doing this. I'm not going to be strong enough, or I'm not going to be fast enough, or I don't know how to get this rhythm down right. And if I had, my RAS would have pointed out to me that I was struggling with where exactly my foot pedal should be. It would have pointed out to me that periodically I hit the side of the boat. It would have pointed out to me that as I was trying to move forward, I kept losing the rhythm of push and falling into pull, or that periodically I would dip my, my paddle into the water and suddenly have myself turning the wrong direction because I hit the water when I was 
had some momentum going. And that happens. Suddenly we think we're on our way to exactly what we want and we do something that sabotages our motion, don't we? So when those things happened, it was okay because I had told myself I could do it. And my brain was working on my behalf. This is the most important thing I'm going to tell you today. You have a reticular activation system you were born with. It is part of who you are that your brain communicates between your conscious mind and your subconscious mind. And if you tell it you can't, it will begin to show you how that's true. And if you tell it you can, it will begin to show you how that's true. That's why affirmations work. Because it focuses your brain to look a certain way. Very important to know that everybody has that. So when you're kayaking and you're paddling along, the boat has a tendency to veer one direction or another, depending upon how strong your arms are, which side you pedal, you paddle more on, how much strength you put into that, and the current, all kinds of things take you in different directions. And my teacher said, just point your nose where you want to go. Not my nose, the boat. <laughs> point your nose where you want to go and paddle in that direction. Point your nose where you want to go if you're afraid. Figure out where it is you want. What is the outcome you're reaching for? Where are you trying to get to? Don't lose sight of that. Because the current of life will veer you from one place to another. And if you know where you're going and you are in a belief system that says you can get there, there is very little that can take you off track you will constantly find the reminders of your own capability. So we paddled a long way yesterday. It was a, a, for a first time. It could not have been more perfect. The lake was like glass. Absolutely beautiful. And at one point we pulled off and we all lined our kayaks up for a picture. I learned how to go backwards so I could park my boat <laughs> next to everybody else. I did good. My parallel parking skills came in handy. <laughs> Backed in and we parked and I have a beautiful picture as a result of that. And we shared food. Now I brought a cooler with me, but someone else made scones, homemade scones that were passed from one boat person to the next boat person all the way down. We had fruit. We had food that was passed along. I didn't have to worry about what was going to nourish me along the way. Because the whole universe came behind my willingness to do this. And when you decide to work with your fear, the whole universe is going to do that. Everything is going to line up to support you if your heart is in it and if you're willing to face what you're most afraid of. Everything will come behind you and work with you, especially when you have your head in the game the right way, when you're willing to go into the positive possibility. So we, we floated around for a long time. The lake went a little farther down uh, than where I went to. There was a place where several of the stronger kayakers went on to see where the, the back of the lake was. And I stayed and had a pleasant conversation with one of the other ladies who really didn't want to go that far. We went round and round in circles, just enjoying the moment. 
And you can do that when you're confronting your fear. You can take a break. You can stop and look at how wonderful it is, how far you've gotten. You can decide what failure means to you. Does failure mean that you didn't go to the end of the lake? Or does it mean that you forgot to stop and enjoy the beauty of the moment where you are? I had a wonderful time just visiting. And everyone went down and turned around and came back. We saw eagles yesterday. Amazing. Truly, absolutely spectacular. Just the things that you can see when you step out of your fear into a different possibility. Then the whole universe comes forward to say, look at this and look at this and what about this? All of this is here for you. It's all yours because you stepped into it and you were willing. And when it was time to come back, there's, there's this thing that my teacher calls molasses water. <laughs> when the water is like molasses, <laughs> you have to really work to get through the... Because it's like, I don't know what happens there. Like the current is all coming in one place against itself. So you're, you're really having to work. Or maybe it's just that you're tired. But whatever it is, there was a while there where I had to really fight, really work. And I... I thought about that afterwards and thought, you know, that's kind of how it is when you're going after something, when you're moving through your fear. It's important to remember there's an end, that you're going to move through the fear. This is not going to be confronting the fear forever, but there's a place where you're going to dock your boat and get out. And when that's done, you will have accomplished something. And there's an amazing feeling of accomplishment in that completion So I got right down to where we had put the boats in. And I said to my teacher, so how am I going to get out of this thing? (laughs) Because it had not occurred to me that I could fall in when I got out as easily as I could fall in when I was trying to get in. So I said, tell me how I'm going to get out of this thing. And she said, you're going to paddle like crazy until you you ground it on the shore. (laughs) Just paddle as, as fast as you can till you hit the, hit the ground. I thought, okay, <laughs> great. <laughs> so I did. I waited till there was room, and there were people in front of me. I kind of had to see if I was going to run into anybody or not. And then I just paddled for all I was worth till I hit the shore. And, you know, you can hear that sound <laughs> right up underneath the boat. So I hit the, hit the shore, and she said, just stay there. I'm going to pull you out. And I thought... Oh, God, (laughs) you can't pull me out. (laughs) You're this teeny. There's no way you're going to be able to play. She pulled, reached down, got the boat, pulled me right out of the water, right out of the water. So right up till the end, I was still questioning, really, really, can everything go perfectly? And she reached down and got me and helped me get up because I didn't have much in the way of sea legs after several hours out there. And helped me get up, and I stood on the outside of that boat and thought, oh my gosh, that was the greatest thing ever. I want to do that again. <laughs> you know, I got to buy a kayak. <laughs> so, and we started talking about, you know, well, this needs to be different, and that needs to be different. If I sat the seat up a little bit more, and, you know, maybe this, and, and all of a sudden, something that had been so beyond what I could imagine for myself was so accessible that I could see it becoming a regular part of my life. 
And this is what I want you to hear. When you step into something you're afraid of and you do it with thought and you're careful about who you do it with, you involve people who care for your success. And not that the other people in my life wouldn't have cared for my success, but my history was in the way. When you do it and you really take care of yourself, you find out you're capable of so much more. And I got to tell you, they said to me last night, you might be sore in the morning. (laughs) This is more paddling than most people do on their first kayak trip. I feel fantastic. (laughs) I am not sore. I feel strong and capable and like I can. Exactly. Really fantastic. It is possible to do whatever it is you need to do. It is absolutely possible. And it doesn't have to be kayaking. It might be applying for a job that you really want, that you, for some reason, someone has convinced you it's out of your reach. It could be asking someone out on a date when you're really kind of afraid or telling someone something that is really bothering you that you need to clear so you can have a whole relationship with them. Whatever it is, how you think about it, how you use that reticular activation system is going to make all the difference in the world. If you believe you can, the universe will show you that you can. And if you believe you can't, what's true? The universe will show you all the reasons that's true as well. So everything that we do here, all the conversation we have about living into the positive side of life, about thinking positively, about using your affirmations, this is science, guys. It's not metaphysical woo-woo. It's real, and it's important. And these, these tools that you get here, they will change your life if you use them. They will make things different in your life. So I encourage you to understand that, to take that home with you, to give thought to what you can do. And I have a few quotes for you to help support you in that work. Lynn Noel said, the first river you paddle runs through the rest of your life. It bubbles up in pools and eddies to remind you who you really are. Confucius said, a man of wisdom delights in the water. And Robert Allen said, you don't drown by falling into the water. You drown by staying there. (coughs) I lost my quotes. That's never happened before. There we go. Well, maybe that was the last page of quotes I'm supposed to give you. I have two of the same pages. All right. And... Robert Allen says, you guys must need to hear this twice. You don't drown drown by falling into water. You drown by staying there. 